great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he's our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means.
that we have the opportunity here in America to freely celebrate the birth of Jesus. Amen. And so we just thank you, Father, for tonight. We give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify your name in this place.
Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They're the best worship ever. Hallelujah. We're being invaded by Rama today. We have uh, three Rama students here. Uh, Gabriel's a graduate, but he works there. We have Kelsey and Sean, and then uh, God is good. So we just welcome them as they're home for Christmas. It's good to have them back. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can uh, say hi to them and give them a big hug. Amen. Well, it's good to see each and every one of you here. God's doing great things. Hallelujah. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I have, I think, two announcements. One, two. You ready? (laughs) Okay. On Sunday, we have happy birthday, Jesus. It's Christmas Eve day, the day before Christmas. And so we are celebrating with our candlelight service and with the children's program that they've prepared for us. We're doing all of that Sunday morning starting at 10 o'clock. It's going to be a beautiful morning together with a lot of fun festivities celebrating the love of God sent to the earth in the flesh, his very own son, Jesus. So that's this Sunday. Invite friends, family, co-workers to come on out. And then we will be here next Wednesday. Wednesday, January, January. (laughs) We're still in December next week. Wednesday, December 27th, we will, be, we will have Wednesday night refreshing. So we'll celebrate and be refreshed. That's a good combination. Okay, God bless you. They have a video? Oh. We're going to see a video. That's just a trailer of things to come. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, we have some kids in this place tonight. So we're going to have our Wednesday night kids life session. All right. So kids, we want to dismiss you and have a good class. Go get our kids, Holy Ghost.
Hallelujah. Of course, you're giving tonight. You can give anytime during the service. And if you're watching online, you can go to our website and give that way. And God will receive your gifts in heaven. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you love Jesus tonight? Yeah. It's the Christmas season. We're on the verge of celebrating Jesus' birth. He wasn't born on the 25th, but that's when we celebrate it. Amen? doesn't matter when he was born. We, that's the day we celebrate it, and we're going to celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the reason for the season. All right? I remember uh, when I was younger, they came out with a, a, a Christmas rap. It was called Yo Ho Ho. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty good. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then uh, I think the one part in the song says, This ain't jingle bells, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, you came at a, on a good night. Amen. The Lord is here, and the Holy Spirit is here, and he's moving. You know, aren't you glad that we don't restrict the movement of the Holy Spirit? And uh, he is free to do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. So we've been discussing some benefits of Christ's birth ever since the beginning of December. Salvation is a benefit. Amen? A Savior was born to us, and he came about by the power of the Holy Spirit. Christmas is a, a time of power. Yes. Amen? The power from on high can invade a person's life, and it can come on a person and do great and mighty things. Yes. And uh, we talked about fulfilling God's word and his will. And, of course, uh, there's angels there's worship, there's giving, there's dreams, there's joy, there's repentance, there's God's kingdom. And tonight, a benefit of Christ's birth is faith. We can have faith in God. Amen? Are you excited about faith? Yes. See, because faith pleases the Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith opens up possibilities for us. It makes the impossible possible. Amen? And uh, so that we can do and receive great things. Faith is the currency of heaven. It's how we receive things from God. We entered into the kingdom by faith, by grace through faith. Amen? Um. Faith is, faith can grow. It's like a muscle. The Bible says, thanks be unto God for our, our faith that grows exceedingly. You've got some growing faith. Amen? How does faith grow? We feed it and we exercise it. Right? We believe God. And uh, it can get bigger, stronger. There are different levels of faith. The Bible talks about weak faith and strong faith. It talks about little faith and great faith. And then there's different levels of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
and it's the evidence of things not seen. It's substance and evidence. The proof is in the faith. Amen? And uh, faith is important in God's kingdom. All right? Um, We are supposed to walk by faith and live by faith. Pretty important. All right? Faith is how we function and operate in God's kingdom. We have to do things by faith. All right? And uh, so we're going to look at the faith of Joseph tonight. I want you to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1. And the Lord's going to lead us in faith. Say, my faith is about to be fed. It's going to be encouraged. And I'm going to be pumped up for Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Matthew chapter 1. And... uh, We'll start with verse 18, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now when they were espoused in that day, it was a binding contract that could only be annulled through divorce. And it's not like an engagement today where it can be broken off easily. Uh, They spent a year in training for marriage. And uh, so they were espoused. They were spoken for. And Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. How are you going to explain that? (laughs) Right? Um, And you know, God didn't just choose Mary and Joseph by picking their names out of a hat. Right? They they were both descendants of David, but you know what? God watched their life. He watched their commitment to learn the things of God. He watched their openness and willingness to embrace God's plan for their life. And God watched them, and he knew that they were the right people for the job. I mean, think of Joseph. He had to train Jesus how to be human. Think about it. Mary gave birth to him, but Joseph had to train him. Amen? So verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. I want you to notice that phrase, a just man. How does one become a just man? Right? Does it just happen by accident? No. The Bible tells us that we are justified by faith. All right? So in Romans chapter 3, verse 22, uh, from the Amplified, the Bible says, Romans 3, 22, the righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all those Jew or Gentile who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. Say righteousness comes by faith. So Joseph was a man of faith. The Bible described him as a just man. We get justified and become righteous by faith. Say it's done by faith. All right? You can't work for it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't buy it. You just have to believe for it. 
I mean, it's by faith. So Joseph was a just man. All right, Romans 3.24 says, And are being justified, declared free of guilt from sin, made acceptable to God and granted eternal life as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through the redemption or the payment for our sin, which is provided in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly before the eyes of the world as a life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation by his blood through faith. Everybody say through faith. Abraham was, the Bible says, he believed God and it was credited unto him for righteousness. He didn't do anything else but believe God. He believed what God said. He believed what God promised. He believed in the nature and the character of God. And in doing that, he became righteous. And that's how we all become righteous, putting our faith in God. Amen? Say, Joseph was a just man. All right, let's read on verse 19 of Matthew chapter 1. And he was not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. That shows that Joseph was a man of integrity. He didn't want to embarrass Mary. He didn't want to hurt Mary. He wanted to protect Mary. Amen? Because faith protects believers. Hallelujah. Faith protects the way of God. All right? So, I mean, can you imagine being espoused and you find out that your uh, fiancé is pregnant and the reason for it is because it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know? That's going to be a hard story to go around and tell people, right? Besides, if the public found out about this, they could have killed both of them. And there was probably criticism and ridicule that they had to deal with. Now notice verse 20. But while he thought on these things, okay, he thought on these things, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take take unto you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, Joseph was, he was a man of faith, okay? And so he was thinking about these things. He was considering these things. Okay? When you're faced with a decision that you've got to make in life, you've got to be open for what God has to say about it. Alright? You've got to be open for God's word to show you the right decision and make the right way to go. He'll make the right way to go. God knows how to navigate you to your destiny. Amen? So, Joseph was thinking about this. Now, that word think... It's the word uh, enthumiomia, (laughs) and uh, it means to reflect or ponder, to meditate upon. It means in a state of condition that's intensifying. It's a passionate response, okay? Um, It's a passionate frame of mind that could be easily agitated or quickly moved by a strong provoking impulse. So Joseph is faced with this decision. 
My fiance is pregnant. What am I going to do? I don't want to hurt her. I want to protect her. Maybe I can just do this privately. And he's thinking about this. This is, a, this is something that weighs on his mind. This is going to determine his future. This decision will make or break him. Right? How many know God's got a solution? God's got a plan. Right? And uh, we have to seek God's plan when we're faced with decisions in life. Okay? So while he's thinking on this, okay, look at what the Lord does. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And the angel is going to give him a word in season. He's going to speak the word of God to Joseph. That's going to reassure his heart. That's going to give him the direction in which he needs to go. Okay? And how many know when God speaks his word, he gives you a revelation? Okay? What was the revelation? He said, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take Mary unto your wife. All right? God puts the fear at rest. Amen? God will always deal with the fear because fear will prevent you from doing what God wants you to do. Because fear is an ugly spirit. All right? So, fear not. Take Mary as your wife. Okay? For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now the angel is speaking the word of God to Joseph and he's reassuring his heart. All right? Hey, she didn't, she wasn't unfaithful. This is a holy thing. This is a righteous thing. This is a God thing. Say this is a God thing. Okay? And uh, so... Joseph was opened for God's plan, all right? And uh, God has the best perspective because God knows the end before the beginning, right? He knows you don't have to weigh out the decision in your mind. You just need to hear from God about what you need, what he wants you to do. Say, I can hear from God. Say, God speaks to me. Now, he may use an angel. Or he may just use a still small voice on the inside. We all have the Holy Spirit in us. Amen? God has an open channel of communication to every one of his children. And God will speak to you, but you've got to be willing to listen. See, Joseph is thinking about what decision he's going to do, what action he's going to take, but he's also listening to what God has to say. Okay? Now, when the angel spoke to him, all of his decisions, everything that he had to decide on was put to rest, right? He knew exactly what he needed to do. Say, God knows. Okay? So this was a revelation. Verse 21, she shall bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Joseph got to name him Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. For he shall save his people from their sins. Okay, here's the revelation that Joseph got. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child is of the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. A four-point revelation, right? So God spoke this at a moment when he needed to make a decision. Aren't you glad God knows when you have to make a decision? And thank God for speaking to us. And he'll always give you his word. 
right? Because he operates by his word. Okay? Verse 22. This was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord uh, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. All right? So God spoke it and wrote it before it happened. This was all part of God's plan. Don't you find relief when you find out God's plan for your life? You know, when you're faced with a choice, which direction I got to go, you're at a fork in the road, right? Do I go right? Do I go left? Which way do I go? And then God gives you a word in season. He speaks a word to you that reassures your heart and gives you the direction that you got to take. All right? So, what, now, what, what takes faith to obtain It's going to take faith to maintain. How many know when you make a decision by faith, you've got to walk by faith after you make that decision? When you decide to believe God for whatever it is, healing, finances, direction, help, strength, whatever you decide to believe God for, you're going to have to walk in faith trusting him. Amen? Once you decide to believe God, you're going to have to walk by faith until it, it, it comes to pass. Okay? You can't punch out of faith along the way. I'm, I'm going to take a few steps and I'm just going to punch out of faith. No. Everybody say, keep believing. Amen. Don't stop believing. All right? When, 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 when you get prayed for for something, you come up here in faith, you go back to your seat in faith, and you go home in faith. Amen? You wake up the next day in faith. Faith doesn't take a vacation. It doesn't take a day off. Okay? So let me say this again. What takes faith to obtain, it's going to take faith to maintain. All right? I'll say it this way. What you receive by faith, you must walk out by faith. You know that faith is a walk? How do you walk? You put one foot in front of the other. One step at a time, right? Faith is progressive too. If, if faith grows, it's progressive, right? See, but you've got to maintain the faith. The best example that comes to mind is when Jesus was with Jairus. Jairus came to Jesus, right? He, he bowed down and he worshiped him. And he said, Jesus, my daughter is near death, but I want you to come to my house, lay your hands on her, she'll be healed, and she'll live, right? And as, as they're walking to Jairus' house, they get interrupted, right? A, a servant from Jairus' house comes and says, don't trouble the master anymore. First of all, it's no trouble for healing. Jesus is not troubled when there's an opportunity to bring healing, you know, he didn't, he didn't tell Jarius, gee, Jarius, my schedule's kind of full. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to make it today. Can I reschedule? No. See, Jarius came to Jesus in faith, but then he had to stay in faith. All right? Because when they almost got to the house, the servant came out and said, your daughter's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. And Jesus looked, he heard those, he heard those words. And he looked at Jarius and said, don't fear, only believe. So Jarius had to maintain what he originally said. 
That's walking by faith. Okay? This is what Joseph does. Joseph walks by faith. All right? Another way, faith never stops. What begins in faith needs to end by faith. You've got to carry faith out from beginning to the middle to the end. Amen? We can learn a lesson from the Israelites. They believed God one day and doubted him the next day, and they spent 40 years on a seven-day journey. I think that's too extended time, right? Don't be like the Israelites and be in faith one day and get out of faith the next day because you're just going to be wandering around in the wilderness. Once you get in faith, stay in faith. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in faith. Okay? How did Joseph stay in faith? All right? Look at verse 24. Then Joseph... Being raised from sleep. Notice this phrase. He did as the angel of the Lord said. Say he did what he was told. Isn't that what faith does? Faith does what the word says. Okay? Joseph heard the word from God, communicated to him by an angel, and he believed it. Okay? Now, he took Mary, he took unto him his wife. Okay? And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. So he married her, and for nine months they didn't consecrate the marriage. He walked in integrity, he walked in honor, and he walked in respect for God's command. He didn't violate that command. He kept it intact. He walked by faith. Amen? I know about you, but when I got married, that's all I'm going to say about that. There wasn't going to be no wait in nine months. But that took faith. Amen? Oh, come on. The Bible is for, for, it's real. Amen? It deals with our reality. So the Bible says that uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. Or our senses. Too many people are sense ruled. They got to be able to feel it, touch it with their hands, see it with their eyes, hear it with their physical ears, then they'll believe it. No. We walk by faith, not by sight. Sight is a sense. Right? So we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We let the Word of God govern our response. Okay? Here's what faith does. Faith hears what God says. Did Joseph hear what God said? Yeah, clearly communicated from the, from the angel. Okay, so faith hears what God says. Faith believes what God says. Say, faith believes. All right? It, he believed what God said. Don't be afraid. Okay, I'm not going to fear. He, he, he told himself that he wasn't going to fear, and he didn't. He wasn't afraid to take Mary as his wife anymore. Amen? He wasn't con- God totally alleviated the concern that he had. All right? So faith hears what God says. Faith believes what God says. Faith accepts what God says as the reality. The reality was the Holy Ghost got her pregnant. That was the reality. It wasn't some other man. It was, it was the Holy Ghost. This was a holy thing. This was God ordained. That's the reality. 
When you, if you're dealing with a sickness and the Bible says you're healed, healing is a reality. If you're troubled and you hear God's word about peace, God gives you a peace that passes understanding. Peace that passes understanding is now your reality. You've got to accept the word as your new reality. At one time we were all lost, but now we're found. Found is our new reality. We're children of God. That's our new reality. We, we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's our new reality. We've got to let God's word become our reality. So we have to accept what God says. Have you ever shared a scripture with someone and they say that can't be possible? Well, it is possible. It's written in God's word. God said it. If God said it, it's possible. It's doable. It's haveable. It's beable. And I don't even know if those are words, but I don't care. They're words tonight. So the word of God determines faith's response. Because the word, see, if you're going to operate in faith, you're going to agree completely with what the word says. All right? So there's acceptance. That means you take it and you receive it. There's reliance because faith is trust. It's a dependence. How many know that we have to depend on God for everything? Right? This is what faith does. There's an alliance. So there's an acceptance There's a reliance and there's an alliance. That means there's an agreement or a union. When you come into union with what God said and you embrace it with your heart, it becomes a reality in your life. I once was lost, but now I'm found because God finding me became my reality. All right. And then there's a compliance. So there's an acceptance There's a reliance, there's an alliance, and there's a compliance. That means there's a fulfillment and and an observance. That means you got to do it. Did Joseph do what the angel said? As soon as he woke up, he did it. I mean, the angel spoke to him in the dream. He didn't even delay. The minute he got up, he did what God said. He put it into action. He acted on it. Because he was a doer of the word. That's what what we need to be, amen? And and you can look at all the other places where the angel told Joseph to do something. He did it right away. He did exactly what the angel said without delay. That's how we need to be because that's what faith does. All right? So Joseph, he lived by what he believed. He had respect for what God said. And he didn't want to disturb it with his own thing. Whereas Abraham and Sarah, God said, you're going to have a child, right? But it wasn't happening. So they came up with a plan to help God out. How many know you can't help God out? He can help you, but you can't help him. Let me help you out, God. I'm going to give Hagar to my husband. But Abraham said, okay. I mean, Abraham didn't put up an argument about it. Then, when Hagar got pregnant, Sarah got mad. 
And she kicked Hagar out. And the angel appeared to Hagar and said, you've got to go back. I don't want to hear that word. Let me turn that page. I don't want that word. Right? Sometimes God speaks to you and you don't like what he says. God spoke to Hagar and said, you need to go back to Sarah. I ain't going back. You know, well, that's going to determine your future or not. If you're not going to do what God said, your future is going to be dark, short. Amen? Okay. So, Joseph just took God's word for what it was. He did exactly what he, the angel told him to do with that revelation of the word. And because he did that, Jesus was able to be born just like God said. Amen? God's word was fulfilled that he spoke to Isaiah in Isaiah 7.14. 760 years before, God spoke it, and now it's coming to pass. There is no expiration date on what God says. It's good as long as someone believes it, until someone believes it and gets a hold of it. Say, God's word is good. Yeah, the Bible says it's forever settled in heaven. Okay? Even though it took 25 natural years for Abraham to have Isaac, God's word was still good. And when he finally got a hold of the promise, and he, he knew that God was able to perform what he said, that's when faith arose. Amen? And God performed a resurrection in Sarah's womb and in Abraham's body. The power of God hit Abraham so hard that when Sarah died, he got married again and had six more kids. That's some power. Amen? All right? Let's look at the faith of Mary. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're seeing as faith as a benefit of Christ's birth. Did you know that Christ couldn't have been born without faith? God had faith in the people that he chose to bring this to pass. When God calls you, that's God expressing his faith in you. That's God saying, I believe in you. I've chosen you. When God calls you, he's expressing faith in you. When God calls you, he's giving you divine ability to carry out that call. Amen? Say, God believes in me. Yeah. Is God for you? Yeah, he's for you. He believes in you. He even helps you. Amen? Because he gives us the faith to believe him. All right? Luke chapter 1, and uh, let's go down to verse 28. Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you. I want you to notice that phrase, the Lord is with you. You know, when the Lord is with you, there's nothing you can't do. Well, you, you can't, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't cheat, shouldn't steal. 
but I'm talking about good things. I want you to get excited about the Lord being with you. Every time the Lord is with someone, he blesses them, he equips them, he enables them. Say, the Lord is with me. Say, the Lord is with me. Say, the Lord is with me. Hallelujah, he is with you. Not only is he with you, but he's in you. You can't get any closer than that. He is with you, he is for you, and he is in you. So why, why are you complaining? You, did you forget who's with you? Or did you forget who's in you? No, you're complaining about your circumstances. Get your eyes off your circumstances and put them on the Lord. Start praising God. Turn your complaints into praises and watch God do something. Your complaints are holding up the process. Get over yourself. I mean, if anybody could have, could have complained... It could have been Paul and Silas. They were physically beaten. I don't know if you you know what it feels like to be punched, but it's not pleasant. It hurts. Yet Paul and Silas were beaten more than once. They were struck where bruises and maybe even blood came out of their body. And then, why were they beaten? Because they cast out a devil. Boy, what what criminals. They cast out a devil. How dare they? How dare the devil occupy that person? How dare the devil speak in Paul's presence? Spirit of divination. If anybody could have complained, it could have been Paul and Silas. But at the darkest hour of the night, when they're in stocks and chains, what do they do? They start praising God. They're not complaining. They're not grumbling. They're not arguing. They're not blaming anybody. Oh, those magistrates. No, they're praising God. And they made a conscious decision to praise God. And that's when the power came on the scene. God's not going to add any power to your complaints, but he will inhabit your praises. So we can turn our complaints into praises. So when the Lord says he's with you, that means all of his resources are yours. All of his help is yours. All of his strength is yours. All of his wisdom is yours. Just say it again. Say, God, thank you for being with me. See, now, as I said, God watched Mary's life. You don't think she was trained for this? You don't think she was trained to accept God's will for her life, whatever God wanted? Her parents trained her in that. This is not her, this is not her, her first encounter of hearing God's word. She probably read the Torah. She read the Pentateuch. And God watched her life. And he knew that he could trust her to carry his son. You know, God, God wants to know that he can trust you. He wants to know that you're committed to him. He wants to know that you're going to do what he says, that you're going to obey him. Amen? So he knew that he could 
Trust Mary. He, she was highly favored. The Lord, see, who does the Lord hang out with? If the Lord is with you, that means you got some faith. Because the Lord hangs out with faith people. If Joseph would have complained, all of his favor would have been lost because God was with him, the Bible says. He was with him in the pit. He was with him in the prison. He was with him. And because God was with him, that's what propelled him to success. All right, let me move on. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind. What manner of salutation? She's thinking about this. And the angel said to her, fear not. (laughs) How many know God knows what you think? Amen? Uh, Gabriel, Mary's having a little bit of concern. Tell her to not fear. Okay, I got it, boss. So Gabriel says, don't fear. He's communicating what God is telling him. Because he's a messenger of God. God sent him. He told Zechariah, he said, I stand in the presence of God. All right? For you have found favor with God. How does someone find favor with God? They have to go before the throne. Mary must have had a prayer life. Because you don't just find favor. Favor is not something you just pick up on the ground. Oh, look, I found some favor. No, the Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find favor when you need it. So people who find favor have a prayer life. They're communicating with God. They're talking with God. Because you don't just find favor accidentally. You have to find it in a particular place. Okay? Behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Boy, both parents got to call him Jesus. You know what happens when you call Jesus? You get saved. Whosoever shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. Guess what? Mary was saved by grace just like we are. Amen? Amen. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give him uh, the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I only know one way that this can happen, and I don't, I haven't known a man yet. Okay? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Woo! The power of the highest shall overshadow you, therefore that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be, notice how many times he uses shall. He's like, he picked the right person. This is going to happen because she's going to believe what she's told. She's going to accept what she's told. She's going to do what she's told because that's what faith does. Shall be called the son of God and behold your cousin Elizabeth. She has also conceived. Now I'm sure that Mary knew that Elizabeth had a hard time conceiving. Because maybe they talked about it. Maybe they wrote letters about it. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. She's not called barren anymore because God came into the atmosphere. Changed her from barren to productive. Mm. 
For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Say that. Say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. All right, now look at the response of Mary. This is what I want to focus on in verse 38. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to what? According to the doctor's report? According to what my body feels? According to the opinion of my family? According to what? Everybody say your word. You don't need any other convincing other than what God said. If you're looking for anything else for proof to have what God said, you're looking in the wrong place. All you need to look to is the word. God will back up his word. Do you believe God's word? Okay. The, the, the Passion Translation, verse 38, it says this. Then Mary responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. She didn't even ask the angel to take her temperature. She didn't even ask for a test to see if she was pregnant. She believed what he said. That was the only evidence that she needed. That was the only proof that she needed. She knew that that message came from God himself. Okay? The, the International Standard Version said, uh, verse 38, Truly I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you have said happen to me. Say, everything you said. She said that was her sole basis of accepting her call to be the mother of Jesus. All right. Now, when she said, I'm the I'm the hand servant of the Lord, that's the word. It's a word for bond servant. It's the word doule. It's one who gives himself up wholly to another's will. It's one who worships God and submits to him. It's something whose essential function is to serve or assist. I'm available for whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. No restrictions, no reasoning. I just, I'm here, I'm yours, do what you need to do. Amen? She was fully yielded and submitted to the Lord. How many know that God needs your cooperation? Because he doesn't force you to do things. If God was forced to force mankind to do things, he'd force us all to be saved, wouldn't he? But he doesn't do that. Why? Because he doesn't force you to do anything. You've got to accept what he says or not. To believe or not to believe. That is the question. So Mary was just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm one who's going to serve God. Whatever you want to do, God, you do it. However you want to do it, you do it. If, if I've never experienced it, it doesn't matter. You said it, I believe it, that's it. That settles it. How many know you've got to be willing to do what God asks, and you've got to be who God commands you to be? Was it an easy thing to be pregnant not knowing a man? Do you think she had any... any uh, any other things to deal with with her pregnancy? Yeah. 
That's why she went to Elizabeth for three months. It's kind of somewhat in hiding a little bit, but, you know, it doesn't matter what the world would have said to her because she heard from God. And she had faith in God. And when you have faith in God, it doesn't matter what the world says. Let them say what they want to say. I heard from God. I want to do what God wants me to do, irregardless of what you tell me. I don't care what your opinion is. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to fulfill his will. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. It matters what God says. Amen? Let's do what God says. All right? So Mary, she heard God's word. She believed God's word. She received God's word in her heart, and she acted on God's word. Did Mary become pregnant? Yes, she did. When did she become pregnant? After she believed what the angel said. The moment she believed, boom, life was in her womb. Everybody say the moment she believed. When are you healed? When are you prosperous? You mean you don't have to check your pocketbook? Don't have to check your account? No, the moment you believe what he said, that's when that's when it takes place in your life. Everybody say the moment I believe. Say the moment I believe. That's when the power is released to me. Say that's when the power is released to me. Hallelujah. It's the moment you believe. Because when you believe, you're connecting with the word. You're embracing the word. You're accepting the word. Amen. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? Faith comes by hearing the word. And when you choose to believe the word you hear, that's all you got to do? Absolutely. That's it. Amen? The proper response to God. Yield to him, cooperate with him, and work with him. Mary did not say, I'll be pregnant as long as no everybody treats me good. My point is, she didn't put any stipulation on what the angel said. Sometimes we want to put stipulations, right? It's called putting out a fleece. We're not supposed to be... Jacob, I mean, uh, Gideon was the only one in the Bible who led a fleece. He put out a, a, a goat skin. If it's dry and the ground is wet, I believe it's you. If it's, if it's wet and the ground is dry, I believe it's you. We're not to be led by fleeces. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And the Spirit of God always speaks in line with the Word of God. So if you're putting out a fleece, God, if you do this, I'll do that. No. You've got to hear, you hear him. I didn't tell God I'll go to Liberia if you pay the bill. I didn't say that. He called me to go, and I expected him to pay. Amen? And God did. Right? I didn't worry about it. And God took care of us. I had to know that I heard from God before. we got to stop putting out fleeces. Because it doesn't work in the New Testament. Just because Gideon did it, that doesn't mean that you go do it. I mean, the Bible says Judas went and hanged himself. And then another verse says, go and do likewise. Don't put those two together. (laughs) You will misinterpret God's message. And you'll get the wrong outcome. When we don't interpret God's word properly, we'll get the wrong outcome. 
When we put our own experience on God's word, we'll get the, word, we'll get the wrong outcome. When we put our feelings, God doesn't care about your feelings when he tells you to do something. He didn't tell Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and deliver my people when you feel like it. When you feel up to it. If you feel strong enough. He didn't say that. He said, I hear the cry of my people. I want you to go. And when Moses started to resist what God was saying, it didn't make God happy. Just like when you resist what God says, it doesn't make God happy. Makes him angry. God's a God of love. He's also, he also gets angry. Come on. But it takes him a long time. Amen? You have to allow God to do what he wants to do the way he wants to do it. If the Holy Spirit says to you, jump up and shout. Like, if God was to say that right now, you'd immediately be flooded with thoughts. Why are you looking to them? They didn't tell you. But see, we don't see the result that God wants to do. He knows the end. He might just want you to be the spark that gets the fire going. So he's telling you to do it. And he's just looking for obedience. See? He's not looking for reasoning. Reasoning will diminish your faith. He's just looking for obedience. Will you yield, surrender, and cooperate and work with the assignment that God gives you? God may give you an assignment. You say, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> well, you know what? God knew you didn't want to before he asked you. That's why he didn't ask you if you want to. He just told you to do it. He knew what you were going to say in the beginning. Amen? For God to have his way in you, you've got to let his word work in you. See, sometimes God tells you things to adjust your character. Because you can't rely on just his gifts. That's not enough. To sustain you because where God wants to take you, your character will sustain you. And if you let your character falter, you'll crumble when you get to where God wants you to be. See? So God tells you things to work on your character. Why do you think Jacob never saw a ladder while he was at home? Because he was a trickster at home. He was a supplanter at home. But when he was out on his own... When he left home for the first time and he's laying on a rock, that's when God shows him a ladder from heaven to earth with the angels ascending, descending, and God standing at the top of the ladder speaking to him, telling him the land he's going to give him, telling him that I'm going to be with you. And he had a moment with God. Amen? He had a moment with God. But see, God had to wait till he was alone to tell him. Because he wouldn't have heard the message while he was at home. See, so God sometimes has to get you in a place where you're free from distraction so that he can speak to you. 
Who was around Mary when, when the angel showed up? No one. Zechariah, he was in the temple lighting incense. He was, he was flicking his bick. Lighting incense. All of a sudden, an angel appears standing at the right side of the altar. Whoa. I mean, I could just picture Zechariah's reaction. Like, you know, when angels show up, there's like a light show. Because they come with the glory of God. They come from the presence of God. And you see them in their brilliance and their splendor. You know. Hallelujah. How many want God to have his way in your life? So you gotta you gotta yield to him. When he says do something, you gotta do it. One one time I was attending a church in Illinois. This is before I was married. I was a single man. I uh I was working for a tree doctor. And uh, I went from a groundsman to a climber in one day. Never, cli- I mean, never climbed trees for a living before, but now I get paid to climb trees. How cool is that? Right? And uh, it was, we, we had worked late. Our church started at 7. I got there about 7.15, maybe 7.20. And I kind of sat towards the back. And I, but I was next to the aisle right here, like on one of these seats here. And, and they're singing a song about joy. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting into it. And, and all of a sudden in, inside of me, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, if you're joyful, why don't you act like it? It's like, okay. So I stepped out from the aisle and I started moving my feet and moving my hands. And I started feeling really good. Amen. It was like all the tiredness and weariness just left me. I was just enjoying God's presence. But what if I hadn't done that? Then I'm doing my own will and not God's will. Then I'm resisting God and not accepting what he wants me to do. See, the Christmas story is all about people. Look at at Zechariah. He got the same message. Well, similar message. Right? He was going to have a son. But he wanted some miraculous evidence as to proof that this was God. And, and Gabriel said, look, I stand in the presence of God. I'm speaking God's word. If you don't believe me, you, you won't be able to speak for nine months. Boom. He couldn't say another word. He doubted and it silenced him for nine months. See, when you doubt God, when you disobey God, there's going to be a consequence. Zechariah couldn't talk for nine months. He tried, no words would come out. And he was a preacher. He was a priest. Hey, Zechariah, you're scheduled to show up tomorrow. All he could do was nod his head. He couldn't say yes. He couldn't say hello. Elizabeth was having a heyday. Because she got to get in all her words every day. And he couldn't say nothing about it. He couldn't disagree with her. But he didn't believe God. And there was a consequence. Mary just accepted what was told her. And... That was it. And she had a glorious birth. I mean, she broke out into song. 
If Mary would have had a tambourine, man, they, that place would have been jamming. She just broke out into the Magnificat. So, listen, this is Wednesday night refreshing. And the best way to be refreshed is just to be willing and obedient to do what God says to do. Amen? It's not based on how you feel. It's based on your, what you believe. Amen? Do you believe God? Do you believe his nature, his character? Amen? So let's stand to our feet. And let's begin to praise God. I want you just to close your eyes. Forget about who's around you for just a few moments, right? And I want you to enter into God's presence. Amen? And I want you to create an atmosphere.